Greetings, and welcome to the Net Positive Podcast. I am your host, Ted Flanagan, and this episode of the Net Positive features a conversation with Nareet Katz. She's the Chief Sustainability Officer for the University of California at Los Angeles. Welcome to the Net Positive Podcast. Just delighted to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Good. Well, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your, your taking some time. I know that you're a very busy person. So uh, let's bang through some, some questions. Born and raised where? Uh, I was born and raised actually right here in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. And, and what, uh, what were some of the early childhood uh, aspirations or interests that you had when you were growing up? What was your thing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually had a strong interest in, in environment-related uh, issues and um, definitely an interest in, in nature and wildlife growing up. You know, we're really lucky here in Los Angeles. It's a biodiversity hotspot. We've got mountains, desert, you know, a lot of outdoors. And I was lucky enough to, to spend some time uh, out in nature and really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, as a kid, I thought I might be like an ecologist. Um and then I ended up getting into environmental education instead for a while. So were your, were your parents getting you out uh, hiking or how, how did that work? Yeah, yeah. They were pretty good about, you know, getting outdoors, which was helpful. Yeah, that's great. And then, and then you went to Humboldt. I did, yeah. I, um, I went to UCLA for a year as an undergrad. Then I took a year off and actually worked for LA County Parks and Recreation, which is where I sort of discovered outdoor and environmental education. And um, we would get kids from areas of LA who often hadn't been, you know, fortunate enough to be exposed to the outdoors or, or nature at all. And um, it was a, a pretty amazing experience doing education with the county. And then I went up to Humboldt State for the rest of my undergraduate. I don't know if you realize that, but I'm a graduate of Humboldt State also. I don't think we ever talked about that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really an incredible, it's an incredible school in a really interesting area. I learned so much up there, both in and out of the classroom. It's definitely a good place to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really gives you an appreciation. I was in, into forestry and wildlife and natural resource planning. It's just such a rich environment for that. It was. Uh, oh, that's amazing. I did not know that you had a background up there. That's oh, awesome. yeah. Lived in a geodesic dome up on the top of Fickle Hill for a number of years. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally, wow. off, totally off the grid. Very alternative days in my life. There. Yes, it's a very different place up there. That's that's really we'll have to talk more about that sometime. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, and I had I had a number of friends that were from LA and you know, as I would go down and visit in LA and just comp you know, that that is about as polar opposite as you can get. Los Angeles and Humboldt it County. Is. And that was part of my goal in going up there besides the reputation that they had for the programs, I wanted to really experience living somewhere very different from Los Angeles. And um, it certainly was. Yeah. And then, and then you came back to UCLA. I know you've got a couple of graduate degrees. Yeah. So um, after Humboldt, I, I did some work, uh, a lot of it related to environmental education, outdoor education. I also worked in a, uh, the company called Mad Science that did like hands-on science education. So a lot of K through 12. Um, but while I was at Humboldt, um, I helped to direct a program in environmental education. I really saw the impact I could have at sort of more of a management or policy level 
rather than just um, individual teaching. And so I came back to UCLA and I did a dual degree. So the MBA and then a master's in public policy. That's fantastic. And it sounds like, I mean, I was reading up a little bit on you snooping around in your bio, but it sounds like when you were there that you formed this center also, the Sustainable Resource Center. Was that at UCLA? Yeah. During um, my graduate uh, studies at UCLA, uh, I helped grow a, a program called the Environmental Coalition into a resource center for UCLA called the Sustainable Resource Center that was a, a graduate student um, program. And, you know, this was very early on. We didn't really have a website with resources, you know, on sustainability. There were some academic programs by them. Um, the Institute of Environment and Sustainability actually got started in the 90s, and the um, major in environmental science had started in, in 2007. Um, but we didn't have an office of sustainability to help coordinate it all. So I, I kind of started doing some of that while I was a graduate student and was part of the our early committee on sustainability for the university. And that was sort of how I got involved. Yeah. So you that was a natural progression that you're leading that charge. And then it sounds like, I mean, you and congratulations, the first first chief sustainability officer for UCLA, the first and only, and who knows yeah. how. You may, <laughs> you may hold this position for a long time, um, yeah, really but it, it sounds like you, you were the natural to come in. And, and then as I've tried to get my, uh, my thoughts around your job, it sounds like you really are, you have to create partnerships, right? You're, you must be a small group there in your office, but then you've got to work with all these different aspects of the university. Is that is that right? Absolutely. That is, that is very true. Yeah. Most sustainability offices do tend to be pretty lean. Uh, you know, small team. We have, I have an incredible deputy chief sustainability officer, Bonnie Benson, who brings, um, you know, many, many years of experience in higher education and sustainability. Um, we have a sustainability analyst, Danita Toneva, who is an alum of UCLA. She actually did her undergraduate studies at UCLA and was a student leader. And now we're fortunate to have her working with us. And then we have a few embedded team members in different areas like um, housing and um, the health system, the hospitals, uh, and ASUCLA. Um, but it is a very small team for what is essentially a small city, you know, 80,000 people, daily population. So you're absolutely right. Partnerships, you know, stakeholder connections are key. Uh, Bonnie describes it as air traffic control. I think that's a good way to think about sustainability management. You know, you're very much um, working across the entire organization, building bridges across silos, bringing people together, making those connections. The sustainability is so broad. I, I like to think of all the different spheres of energy and water and recycled materials and built environment, all these. How do you prioritize then? Or what, what is your, I guess, what are your top initiatives that you're, that you're focused on? Yeah, that's always a big challenge within the field because it is so broad and we do have to work on all of it. But we do have some major specific targets that um, we actually set together with our other sister UCs. So the UC system has a policy on sustainable practices um, that uh, includes a number of specific targets like carbon neutrality by 2025. Um, you know, we're working towards zero waste, reducing waste. We have specific targets for water reduction, you know, energy, um, food, all different areas of sustainability. So those provide some really great guideposts for the operational side. And then, you know, sustainability at a university is more than, you know, it has a lot in common with sustainability in the private sector in terms of the operational goals. But our sort of 
servicer, what we do, of course, is the creation of of knowledge and education and the teaching and research side. So there's an enormous academic and co-curricular and outreach element to sustainability within higher education that's a little different from your typical kind of, you know, CSR role or or ESG role. So um, UCLA is actually going to be releasing our uh, first really comprehensive sustainability plan that touches all of those areas um, this spring. So the draft is out for public comment right now, and we'll be releasing the final in the spring. So that's pretty exciting. That's fantastic. Now, is that linked to a greenhouse gas inventory? Uh, Yeah, so we do do a greenhouse gas inventory under the climate registry each year, and that's third-party verified and everything. What would be, I like your point about, unlike a corporate sustainability officer, you got this whole academic side and you're, you're split between sort of operational stuff and all these initiatives. And then you're also teaching, right? Or you have, you have taught. Yeah, I do teach. I've taught for maybe 12, 13 years now, 12 years um, in our sustainability certificate program. So the continuing education side. Um, So we have this certificate program for professionals through UCLA extension Uh, It's a pretty amazing program, and we get students from all over the world, a lot of international students. Um, You know, we have uh, students from pretty much every industry you can think of. You know, I've had real estate professionals, healthcare professionals, um, screenwriters, uh, aerospace engineers, I mean, you name it, uh, in my class. And I find it very inspiring because all of these diverse professionals across industries and across the world are seeing the need for solving these big complex, you know, global challenges like climate change and are really seeking meaningful careers where they can contribute. So it's a pretty amazing program. It sounds very, very important. I know several of your students um, and it sounds very, very rewarding. What, what's been the most challenging part of your job there? And, and by the way, have you been in that job now for 12 or 13 years? I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Time um, flies. <laughs> it does. I know. It's hard to believe. Um, I would say communications is actually one of the hardest parts of sustainability management. You know, I mentioned we have a daily population of 80,000 people and many thousands of those turn over every couple years. So there's this constant need to educate and re-educate folks. Um, You know, oftentimes we find that people really care about these issues, but they may not know what UCLA is doing or how they can get involved and getting the word out can be really hard. So, um, you know, we do have some great um, folks that we're collaborating with in our strategic communications area. Um, but yeah, I think that's often one of the biggest challenges for people within sustainability, in addition to the obvious challenges around infrastructure and funding and, you know, right. moving. But, but let's keep focus on this, this sort of motivating or raising awareness. And it's interesting to hear you say that because I think about in my career, the awareness about sustainability and the interest and the, well, certainly the acceptance that, that we have a global crisis with climate change, uh, everything is, um, you know, the, the awareness has gone way, way up, but you're saying yeah. even still, uh, and I guess I'm just steeped in this world of sustainability, but you're saying even still, there's people that don't really know how to plug in or don't really know how to take action. Yeah, absolutely. I think the awareness of the problems has grown a lot in the time that I've been doing this work. People have heard of climate change. They do know that there are these issues happening in the world. But yeah, I think there's still most people don't know what they can do and how they can participate and, um, you know, what's going on more locally, what resources there are. 
Right. And so, and, and are we competing um, in terms of, you know, college students have only 24 hours a day. Exactly. Uh, are we competing for some time, so some of their precious time to get them to? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many messages that people are kind of getting hit with every day. So, so kind of finding a way to reach people can be really challenging. Yeah. What what are what are some of the what are some of the messages like right now? I mean, are we still trying to get people into w- using water bottles or you know, re- reducing single use plastics or you trying to get them to more organic foods or all of the above? All of the above, yeah, all of the above. You know, sorting waste and just the daily choices that we make do make a big difference. And then, of course, you know, we want people to understand that individual choices really do add up, but they're not the only way that you can contribute. There are all these wonderful ways to get involved in advocacy and community. We have 50 different student organizations working on sustainability. So there's a lot of opportunities for students to, to get engaged beyond their daily choices. Now, you're also, you mentioned the collaboration with the UC system. So there, I, I take it there's a chief sustainability officer at each campus. Is that right? Yeah, a similar role, sustainability director or CSO or, or something similar on, on all the campuses. Yeah. Right. But then I, I was thinking, I, I sent you some draft questions yesterday. I was thinking about it last night. And I was thinking, I met you or I first saw you uh, at a conference, I think a net zero conference, but you were on a panel with, with um, women, women professionals in energy or in sustainability. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought the question that I, I didn't ask you was, you, know, you have all these different collaborations. For, for instance, does UCLA collaborate with the city of LA? We do. Yeah, we work very closely with the city of LA, with the county of LA. Um, one of UCLA's truly flagship initiatives is called the Sustainable LA Grand Challenge. I don't know if you're familiar or not, um, but this is a university-wide research initiative um, that's really pretty incredible. Uh, it's interdisciplinary university-wide initiative, and it's aimed at applying UCLA research expertise and education to help transform Los Angeles into the world's most sustainable megacity by 2050. So we're really trying to make LA the most livable, equitable, resilient, clean and healthy megacity and an example for the world. Um, And and really bringing together expertise across all these different disciplines uh, in a way that is is pretty extraordinary. So um, Cassie Rouser is the executive director of that program and Eric Hoke is the, the faculty director and They've got an incredible team. Um, so we definitely are partnering very closely with LA City and LA County through that initiative. My office also works very closely with LA City. You know, right now I'm collaborating with LADWP and LA City Sanitation on a possible wastewater treatment plant at UCLA, for example. Um, and then we do collaborate outside the UC with many other campuses. I bring together a Southern California group of sustainability officers from different universities, you know, Cal States as well community colleges, private colleges, um, and then also with the private sector. So I'm part of the leadership committee for LASER, the LA Sustainability Executives Roundtable, which is now part of USGBC LA. Um, And so work with a lot of the studios and other large companies, because in many ways we are, you know, operationally, we sometimes have more in common with a huge company than we do a small college, just based on the size and scope of our facilities, et cetera. So we share best practices a lot with the private sector, too. You sound so busy <laughs> and, and busy in, in, in so many good ways and so many fulfilling ways. And when you talked about making L.A. the, the, the greenest megacity, I, I can't help but reflect back to my Humboldt days. Uh, and of course, back then there was this huge rift. Maybe there still is, you know, the Northern California, Southern California divide. And 
And I've, I, being from New York, always thought of LA as being the land of conspicuous consumption. Uh, and so the fact that now we have in these past 20, 30, 40 years, we're actually vying to be one of the greenest cities in the world is, is just an unbelievable thing, uh, a fantastic Yeah, I think, you know, people do have that reputation in mind about L.A., but I just think that makes us an even more powerful example, because if we can do it here in Los Angeles with the scope and scale of what we're working with, then you could do it anywhere. So, yeah, I do think it's a really exciting time to to be in L.A. Um, And, you know, Los Angeles recently won the Cool City Challenge and a million dollar a grant to to do this cool blocks program where they're engaging residents. Um, so UCLA, the Sustainable LA Grand Challenge team was part of the, the core team that helped with that initiative and is working on that. Um, so we've got folks all over LA signing up to kind of lead their neighborhoods in, uh, you know, taking action. And so then this sounds fantastic. You're your purview or your, your charge then, whoever is managing you or supervising you, Sounds like it's you just go and do what you need to do out there in the community. Is is it that is it that wide open? I mean, you must be on campus a lot, but you're also out in the community collaborating. Um, yeah, it is a very broad scope. You know, um, sustainability at UCLA involves a lot of different people: faculty, staff, students. So um, I'm just a, a piece of the puzzle and, and helping to connect it all. Um, but yeah, my scope does include collaboration um, with Los Angeles. Although again, we have entire programs that are really focused on transforming LA. Um, but yeah, I do intersect with the broader community as well as the campus. So what, what area do you want to make the greatest impact? Is that a fair question? <laughs> Maybe it's not a fair question because we're talking about such a broad field that yeah, you know, like I think pressure exercise. I think part of why I ended up in a role like mine that's as broad as it is is because I'm not good at choosing favorites. You know, I think some people have a particular area of sustainability like zero waste or climate that they're really passionate about and they have much more focused roles. Um, I really do care about so much of it. But um, right now, I would say I, I've gotten really passionate about urban ecology and biodiversity in Los Angeles. So um, that's an area that that I'm putting some more focus to right now. But yeah, I don't think I could choose. I guess I would also say, um, you know, I think increasing the attention that we give to climate justice, to environmental justice in Los Angeles is, is really important too. You know, sustainability, people talk about the three E's, ecology, economy, equity, or, you know, the triple bottom line in business. And, and the social side is often so much harder to um, measure and track and manage and often is not given enough attention. And so throughout UC right now, we're really working on trying to integrate equity, diversity, and inclusion into our sustainability policies and our programs and, and really try to address uh, justice more than we have in the past. I always think of it as the next quantum leap. Yeah, you know, we have the three E's, you know, we're just getting good at getting sustainable, but wait, but wait, now we have to take it to this whole higher level where We've got to make sure that yeah. we do this in an equitable way. Um, Absolutely. And it is. It's, it's hugely challenging, but also hugely important. You mentioned biodiversity. What does that mean for L.A.? How, how, how can you promote biodiversity in L.A.? Well, there's actually a whole team in the city that's working towards that. And um, biodiversity is a key piece of the Grand Challenge program that I mentioned Um but the city of Los Angeles has established a biodiversity expert council as well. And 
um, targets for Los Angeles. There are biodiversity goals within um, the, the county sustainability plan as well. So, you know, there are a lot of different researchers kind of looking at that question, like what is it that we can do for the city? You know, some of it is simple things like trying to plant more native plants in landscaping that, that the city manages or change um, what's required in residential landscaping. Um, and then some of it is more complicated. So, but, you know, as I mentioned, Los Angeles is already a, a biodiversity hotspot. Um, so there's a lot here to protect. Um, and uh, the Sustainable LA Grand Challenge team uh, just recently in 2021 published a report card for LA County on ecosystem health and more than a dozen UCLA researchers and students um, worked on this to really take the measure of LA County's land use, biodiversity and, and threats and how that impacts residents' health and well-being. Um, so that report card is online and, and people can kind of check out and have a better understanding of all the different factors that contribute to um, habitat quality, uh, to biodiversity, um, and, you know, community health and well-being in Los Angeles. My best friend, his, his passion is biodiversity. And I'm a solar guy, you know, so we have, we're, we're kind of at different, di very different uh, touch points in the sustainability spectrum, but uh, he's impressed upon me the importance of biodiversity. And I remember cruising around in the jungles of South America uh, with a guide with a machete just saying, what do you want to eat? You know, what do you want to drink? It's all, it's all here. All the medicine yeah. is here. It's, this, is, this is nature's refrigerator. Balance in your life. I know you're a, an avid wildlife photographer uh, and you get out into nature a lot. I do try to get out. Um, and that has been, especially during the pandemic, it's really been an important sort of outlet for me getting out and doing photography, birding, being outdoors um, definitely helps me a lot with my own mental health and well-being for sure. And then when you do your birding, are you, are, do you go off on trips to do that? I mean, some is local, but Mostly local, you know, as you noted, I do um, work a lot. So I've been focused more on uh, what in birder terms would be called my patch. So I set up kind of a five mile radius from my house and I've been seeing what I can find in that area, uh, which last year was about uh, 161 species of birds just just near my house in the valley. So that's very impressive. Very impressive. OK. And, and uh you're obviously doing a good job of balancing your work life and your life because uh, you, you look healthy and happy. And uh, any more Ironman competitions in your, uh, in your sights? Oh, goodness. No, no, no. That was over 10 years ago and a very special once in a lifetime experience for me. But no, for now, it's just uh, walking, <laughs> walking and, and birding. And um, yeah, yeah. No plans for any triathlon. <laughs> Thank you for asking though. <laughs> Um, no, but I've gotten involved in a, a study here in Los Angeles um, that's funded by Friends of Griffith Park, the Los Angeles Raptor Study, and it's a citizen science-based study of nesting raptors in Los Angeles that people can actually participate in and, and volunteer for, um, and that's just been an incredible experience, and I've definitely gotten more and more um, excited to kind of do hands-on uh, research here in Los Angeles. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of different ways if people are interested that you can contribute to kind of community science or citizen science, uh, either as an individual using apps like iNaturalist or eBird and adding observations that researchers then will, will use to 
um, you know, really study and understand um, biodiversity in our region and around the world, um, or more formally through through projects like this. So. That's neat. So that my, my, my friends that I had that were birders back in the day, and they just sort of went off on their own, right? Mm-hmm. With their with their 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 glasses, uh, but now, like you said, there's aft. You can be part of a you can be part of a much broader campaign or initiative to protect raptors and other wildlife. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually recently uh, was was honored to be part of a, a research team that published uh, an article. It was my first time publishing a, a proper scientific article, but we were looking at neighborhood biodiversity in cities. And for the research, we drew on these citizen science database, pulling, you know, observations from my naturalist and eBird. And a lot of different researchers use that data. So it really, you know, when you enter your observations, you really can be contributing to a lot of interesting research. Yeah, that's really great. Well, listen, thank you so much for uh, sharing a little bit of your life with the Net Positive podcast. It's been, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thanks so much for covering this topic and sharing all these different stories and look forward to listening to others' perspectives as well. Have a great day. Thanks again. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of The Net Positive. We'll see you next time.